Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading or streaming the Be Our Guest podcast. We're getting ready to make this week awesome with a great trip report. We're headed out to Connecticut today with listener Diana to talk about her recent trip to Disney's Pop Century Resort with extended family. They were just there this past uh, late June, early July, so just a couple of months ago. And we talk about their first stay at Pop Century and their thoughts about going down there. Also, time in all four theme parks. Uh, great review of the restaurant Haleo at Disney Springs. We don't talk about that too much, as well as Paradiso 37, one of my old favorites there that we used to talk about a couple of years back. And also really what a Walt Disney World trip should be about. We get lots of stories about taking the kids, taking the parents, and the memories you make together as a family. I think you're going to really get a lot out of today's show. It's a heartwarming show because this is really what a Disney trip should boil down to. It's about making memories with those you love. Don't forget, today's show is always brought to you by The Magic for Less Travel. Check them out for all of your Disney trip planning needs. The agents are standing by right now to give you professional, passionate service when it comes to planning your next Disney vacation. Check them out today over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. That one extra click really does help us out. It's BeOurGuestPodcast.com slash Amazon. And a sincere thank you to the patrons of the Be Our Guest Podcast. You make all these shows possible. We could not do it without you. And our patrons get that bonus show called Mike in the Midwest every week. If you'd like to join us, we'd sure love to have you. Come on over. Patreon.com slash BeOurGuestPodcast. Ready to take a trip to the world? You found the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. This is where your memories come front and center on our podcast stage. Welcome to episode 2,153 of the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rallman, from BeOurGuestPodcast.com and one of the senior agents, over at the Magic for Less Travel. Happy Monday to you. And I know this Monday is not as awesome as last Monday. If you were lucky enough to have that three-day weekend last weekend, that was pretty great. But you know what? Let's be productive. Let's make this a great week and kick it off by talking Disney. That's what we do here. And it's a trip report because that's kind of what we've been doing for almost 15 years here on the show. And I'm excited to talk with one of our listeners, we're headed out to Connecticut today with listener Diana. Diana, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Hey, Mike. I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing great. So out in Connecticut. So how are things? Uh, I would imagine it's a beautiful place to be this time of the year moving into the fall. It is. Yes. Yeah. Right now we're having a little bit of a rain streak here. It's been raining for the last few days, but it's nice and cool. It's better than the West Coast. I know it's been hot out there, so we're thinking yeah. about those folks that are smoking uh, out in California. I don't want any of that. We we don't need oh, yeah, that, no. so yeah, we're lucky here. Now, so I've been asking everybody as we get into the show, just a couple of new questions. So you, you're from Connecticut, but tell us something about your particular part of the world. Like, what is your area specifically of the world known for? Some little fact that we might not know. So... I live up in the Northwest Hills of Connecticut, and I had to think about this because I've heard you asking your, <laughs> your other guests, and it's like hard to think of something from where I'm from. But we do have a really famous theater, the Warner Theater, and people from all over the place come here to see shows. We've had really famous comedians 
famous singers. John Legend, for example, performed there. Kevin James, who my brother, he's a big fan of Kevin James. He did a show. Um, But we also use it for local events. My high school graduation was there. They use it for things like that or uh, ballet shows, dance recitals for the kids. But it is a, a pretty famous theater. That's cool. That's cool. See, I like this because now I know if I ever get up your way, I'll have some place to maybe check out, maybe see a comedy act or a show. Uh, who knows? Uh, th- I've been there many times. I've seen lots of lots of comedians, uh, some concerts, and like I said, lots of local events. So it's definitely a very nice theater that people probably don't know about. Yeah, my youngest daughter, Mallory, is going to her first ever concert. Well, by the time the show comes out, it was this past Friday, so we're recording a little bit early, but... A little nervous about that. She's going with a bunch of friends to see Luke Bryan here in St. Louis at the big outdoor amphitheater. So, well, she's asked. Here's the deal, though. She's asked to borrow Dad's cowboy hat because I have a Stetson. So that <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you need one of those for a Luke Bryan concert. <laughs> I mean, it makes you proud, right? When your daughter comes out, she's 14. Dad, can I borrow your Stetson? I was like, what is going on? But, yeah, that's awesome. So we'll see. Yeah, oh. that's cool. He's very popular. He's the popular guy, Luke Bryan. She wanted to go see somebody named uh, Waylon or Wallen or somebody, but we could not get tickets to that. That was a crazy. My dad works at a radio station, and they were oh, giving wow. out tickets that he could not even get them from the radio station. They were so popular. So I don't but even Luke know. Brent, she'll have fun. Yeah, so, she'll have fun yeah, there. We'll see too. how that goes. It kind of make me nervous, but I guess she'll I be okay. Grow up. She'll right. be with her friends. Oh, lots of them. It's all cheerleaders <laughs> and dancers from high school. Which uh, whatever. I'm just. I'm just like just. There, there's parents going. Thank God, you know. So that's good. Okay, so let me ask you this too. What's your background with Disney? Have you been a Disney fan your whole life? What, what's your relationship with the park? Stuff like that. I I have been a Disney fan my whole life. I grew up in Spain, and um, ever since I can remember, I just love Disney movies. And to date myself, we had. Uh, the Disney movies on the VHS tapes. Yes. And when we moved, we had, you know, the little mermaid beauty and the beast. But when we moved here to the States, I was only eight and the system was not the same. So I couldn't bring all my Disney videos here. So I had to start my collection over again. Um, But no, I've been, yeah. So I've been just a, a general Disney fan since I was really little. And my love for Disney world really didn't start until I was an adult. The first time I went, I was 18 no, 19. My brother had a soccer tournament in Orlando. And I just remember walking around Epcot. It was so hot. It was August. And I remember just feeling like we were melting. But as soon as Illuminations came on, I was just blown away. I'd never seen anything like that. And it just, it, it really left, you know, an imprint on me and something I never forgot. And then fast forward to a few years later, when I got married, my husband and I went on our honeymoon. We did part of our honeymoon in Disney and then the other half we spent in the Bahamas and I just remember telling him just wait till you see the fireworks show in Epcot it's so amazing you're gonna love it and and he did and then he became a huge Disney fan so now he almost talks about it more than I do there you go you got to win them over but then once you do sometimes you got to watch it because they might surpass your fandom it's oh he's coming home saying we need to sign up for DVC and we need to do this. And cause he has all these friends at work that they chat about it on there. They send each other text messages about Disney. It's like Disney, this and Disney that. So we try to go as, you know, as often as we can, but being up in Connecticut, it's not always super easy, but we will go for like a long weekend. That's good. Hey, you take it when you get it, you know, let me, so I got to ask you, so you mentioned those old VHS tapes, which Paige had all of them. My oldest daughter, who's 26, 
25, I can't keep track. She'll be 26 in November. And we had all of them, like you said, Little Mermaid, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast. I, I, can, I can hear the sound of cracking those things open, you know, and uh, they're just classics. But have you seen the, um, the souvenirs they have at Walt Disney World now? They're those notepads that look just like the old cases. Those no, are pretty classic. I haven't seen those. Yes, they have them all around the uh, the theme parks where they're, they're they're souvenirs, but they look exactly like those old VHS boxes. But all they because I saw one, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? But it's a notepad, and I don't. Uh-oh. I mean, I take notes on my iPad, so I do everything digital. So it's kind of sad because I don't have a need for note paper. But right, well, that's kind of cool. you know we had the VHS tapes, and then we transitioned to the DVDs. I have so many Disney movie DVDs, and now it's all on Disney I know. Plus. Seriously, because we like, don't a, even need. Yeah, we have a pile of Disney DVDs. I mean, I have tons of them, and my little nephew, he's four, Kim comes over uh, last week, and he starts just tearing out the DVDs, like playing with them like cards, and everybody starts freaking out, like, "No, don't scratch the DVDs." I'm like. I really don't care if he scratches the DVDs at this yeah. point. Everything's digital. We have Disney Plus. Yeah. Like, we're never going to watch them, you know, so. Maybe but. the VHS tapes will be worth money, though. We're holding on to those. We I, have a whole bunch. I would bet so, they are. We'll I, I don't know, but I would. Everything seems like that kind of stuff. It's nostalgic. So, yeah. Maybe, let, let me ask you one more question before we dive into your trip, because I'm very curious about this. And I don't know how much you remember, but growing up in Spain, do you remember, like, what's it like as far as, you know, the American, you know, Disney's kind of an American company, but, I mean, is there, like, a Disney draw over in Spain just as much as there is, like, here in the United States? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, my cousins, my neighbors, we all had Disney movies, and and now that they have Disney in Paris, a lot of people who really just really want to get to Disney will go there because it's much closer and more accessible for people from Spain. Um, no, but Disney is just as big over there, I would say, if not even bigger. Like some of my friends and cousins, they were wearing the Mickey shirts and the Minnie shirts and they have Mickey and Minnie all over their rooms and they're adults. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's not just the kids. Yeah. See, that's so cool to hear because again, I'm, you know, dead set in the middle of the United States. I've been, you know, I, I live probably 10 miles from where I was born, you know, and I haven't, I haven't ventured very far in my entire life. So when I see that, and when I get to talk to somebody like you that has lived, you know, in Europe and grown up with a different culture, that's super interesting to me that, that, you know, a brand like Disney, I know it's an international brand and it's got lots of brand loyalty, but it's cool how it's not just ingrained, you know, in people from Missouri because Walt lived in Missouri, but it's, it's truly an international thing that you kind of saw it over there too. For sure. No, for sure it is. I remember my cousin, when, when I was a kid growing up there, she was in her 20s, and she was the one obsessed with Beauty and the Beast, and she brought it over my house, and she wanted to watch it with me. Very, very popular, for sure. Very cool. All right, let's talk about your trip. So you guys just got back not too long ago. You were down there late June, early July of this past summer. Uh, stayed at Pop Century. So let's talk about how this trip came together. What what was the, uh, you know, the, the conversation to put this trip for the summer together? How did it all come together? Well, the idea was mine and my husband's. We had been there in October for a long weekend, and uh, we just kept saying, it's so much fun, but we would love to be here with a group of people. I know that my sister and she has two very young kids, both under the age of three when we went. Uh, I knew that they would just love it. And so I started talking to my husband about it. I said, hey, you know, I think we can probably squeeze in a trip at the end of June, right when school gets out. And it really didn't take much convincing at all to get him on board. And then my mom and dad were like, sure, why not? 
and my sister and brother-in-law were very much excited about it too. So then we just decided to do it and we're so, so glad that we did. Everybody had such a nice time. Okay. So let's talk tips for planning with a larger group. You know, you had your parents, you had your sister's family. Like how did you guys all coordinate? Like, you know, where we want to eat or when we want to, you know, like what are the dates we're going to go? Did you guys use any kind of technology or did you just use like Facebook mess? I mean, did you guys just use text messages or calls or what would you do? Well, we kind of decided on the dates based on when we got out of school. And up here in Connecticut, we never quite know the last day because if there's inclement weather, right. they tack on the days at the end of the year. So we had to be careful. That's why we went at the very end of June. But we had a couple of celebrations in there. My sister and brother-in-law's anniversary was June 29th, and my husband's birthday was July 3rd. So we were looking at those dates, and it worked out great because we were able to have both of those things included in our stay. And as far as communication about it, we, we did have Disney meetings. We got together and had a Disney meeting. We had pizza and we talked about the itinerary. <laughs> and I hear you guys talking a lot on the podcast about people who plan versus people who don't plan. And I'm very much a planner. And because my husband and I are quite experienced at this point, they just let us take the lead. And we asked them, what kinds of things do you want to do? And then I worked it into our schedule. That is the best case scenario for anybody that's listening. If somebody is a passionate Disney fan and knows pretty much what's going on, let them take the lead. Too many cooks in the kitchen, the stew's going to get messed up. I'm just saying. I mean, I know everybody's got good intentions, but if everybody's trying to make the plans, it becomes a disaster. You need to have somebody that's... And I mean, I, I'm not saying this because I used to work in education. My wife's a teacher. I mean, I, I'm, I'm around educators my entire life, basically. But you're we, obviously people can probably use context from what we've been talking about. You're an educator and educators typically are kind of the people that take the bull by the horns that are very organized. And this is kind of in your wheelhouse, right? I mean, like coming up with a plan. This is what, this is what teachers do. You know, you plan for something, then you execute, execute it, you know, for the. <laughs> <laughs> for the, you know, for the trip, for the, yeah. you know, you, you come up with a lesson plan and then you, you deliver the lesson. You make sure it happens. Yes, exactly. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm just a planner by nature. That's just how I am. I do come from a family of educators. My mom was a teacher. My sister and my brother-in-law are both teachers. But because they know that we have all the insides now, we, I, I learn a lot from listening to your podcast and just doing my own research and by having my own experiences that even my sister was like, well, you just plan it because I don't know anything about what's going on now. The last time she was in Disney was 2005. So you know oh, how much God. things have changed. Yeah, things have changed a lot like in the last uh, two years. <laughs> 2005, that's a, that's a long, long time ago in Disney years. Okay, so let, let's dive into the, the, the fun stuff of the trip. You guys stayed at Pop Century. Love the place. Yeah. I've got a reservation for November for Wine and Dine. Got a reservation for myself for uh, Marathon Weekend in January. I can't get enough of the place. Skyliner, it's got great food court, good rooms. It's a good place. I go when I'm solo, but I take my family too. So what were your thoughts? We loved it. I had never stayed there before. And like I said, I learn a lot from your podcast. You guys rave about it. So we looked into it. And because we were a larger group, we wanted to stay somewhere more affordable. But we, we loved everything about it. We loved the decorations, the animation. We were in the 80s building, so I just loved the music that they played oh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> the pools were super fun. And even my sister said, because we checked out a few of the other resorts while we were there, we did stop in the Contemporary one day for breakfast. And she said, you know, this is nice, but I really like Pop so much better, especially for the kids. Like I said, the kids mm -hmm. were my nieces, two turning three, and my nephew is just a baby. 
And she said, you know, for the kids, it's just perfect. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Pop Century and Art of Animation, I mean, they're hitting you over the head with Disney. I mean, it's everywhere. It's you, You're getting the big, you know, uh, Jungle Book statues, the... Oh, they're ginormous. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're in the humongous. Yeah, they're everywhere. You know, the big computer by the pool, like where you guys were. Yeah. It, it's the awesome. Dippy yeah. yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's just fun. And like the music, you have the hustle, you have everything going on the YMCA. Yeah, I love the place. So, I can see why you love it. Uh, it really was. Because really I'm a nostalgia amazing. person. I mean, in my Jeep, it's always 80s on 8 on, on Sirius XM, you know, if I'm listening to music. So it's just like, I'm, when I get there, I'm just like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Really, we, I mean, we started staying there as a family, too, the year it opened. That's how long we've been going. And we kind of found it early, and we just kept going back and back. Because, again, you know, my wife and I are both teachers. It's a value resort, and that's just what we could afford. And it's still, it, it's, you know. It scratches the, the, the itch, you know, it gives us what we need. We get a nice room at a decent rate and we get, a you know, pools and good food. And now you get oh, the yeah. Skyliner, which is, what did you think of the Skyliner? Did you guys take advantage oh, of that? Oh, the Skyliner was, I was almost going to say before, if it wasn't for the Skyliner, we may have considered a different resort. But when I knew it had the Skyliner access, I was sold right away. It was such a game changer. It was so convenient and fun. And it, we really hardly had to wait for it at all. We got there early. We got to a few of the parks for rope drop and we got up early, but we got onto the Skyliner right away. No issues on the way there or on the way back. Um, we had the stroller for the kids. It wasn't one of those side-by-side -side ones. It was the front and back. And we didn't know at the beginning that we didn't have to collapse it until we rode it a few times. And then we figured out, oh, you only have to collapse the double strollers, the ones that are side by side, because they just don't fit. They're too wide. So my dad, if you saw it, he became a pro at <laughs> wheeling the stroller into the Skyliner, into the gondolas. It was so funny. So see, you got to be really like professional I, at this. I'm so glad I'm beyond the stroller by by about <laughs> ten years at this point. Now I used to be the wizard. We we bought. I I still can't I can't believe this ever happened. I did more research on our Disney stroller. Because when you know when we were when we when Pam was having a baby, we registered at the you know at the Babies R Us or whatever the store was with like the gun for the shower and all that. And I registered for this big old Jeep stroller because I drive a Jeep Wrangler, and it was the stroller was made by Jeep, and it was huge. We used that thing like five times because it was such a pain in the butt to get out of the car, and you know it was it was, oh, it was yeah. awesome. It had like big knobby tires, like you're gonna push your kid like over boulders. No, we we're taking her in the mall, you know, or to Disney. So eventually, we got this really slick little McLaren um, umbrella stroller. But now, this was an expensive umbrella stroller. I want to say it was like two hundred bucks for a, for an umbrella stroller, but it was the lightest thing, and it would collapse like. You could carry the thing on your pinky on the little, uh, you know, the little hook. It was unbelievable. We used that thing for like five years for every Disney trip and it worked awesome. So I will say it killed me to pay that much money for a stroller, but we got our money's worth out of it for five years. Totally worth it. But mm -hmm. man, did it kill me to pay that for an umbrella stroller. I could get Walmart. I could go get one for like 15 bucks. But yeah, it, yeah. it was it just saying it's worth it if you invest. But another thing that I wanted to say, Ricky just made a big announcement on Friday. I saw that on her Instagram. Yes, I'm going to be laughing my butt off when she's trying to figure all this stuff out on her <laughs> no. own for the first time because she's had to sit back and watch all the rest of us try to you know, deal with strollers and diaper bags. Not your turn, Ricky. <laughs> See, but now she has all your experiences to learn from and all your advice. She'll be uh, fine. Oh, she'll, she'll do be great. great. She'll do great, but I'll be cracking up when she's got to, you know, 
She's usually worried about sneaking a cupcake in her purse. Now it'll be yeah. all the diapers. Well, it's and the a formula. project. I'm telling you, with this stroller, and we got it for free or something. My mom got it on Facebook Marketplace, and I mean, but this thing is is big and bulky. And you're right; those wheels are huge. But yeah. my dad, he just he figured it out finally, and it was like he went so fast. He's like, okay, here we go, and it was like a oh no, like but a marathon you, thing. When you do it though, you feel like a ninja. Like I mean, your dad yeah. was probably like, yeah, <laughs> every time, and all the other dads are probably like. Yes. <laughs> Fist bump. <laughs> For sure. It ended up being one of the highlights of our trip. Just something that, you know, you're going to remember just because it was, it was just that funny. Yeah. All the other dads on the bus are on this, you know, sky and just like respect. Because <laughs> yes. I've seen the opposite where the bus is pulled up, the bus is jam packed and the poor dad's trying to, oh. he's trying to like, you know, make the stroller collapse and like everything's falling out of like all these mm -hmm. pockets. He didn't know it had, there's a bottle rolling there. There's souvenirs over there. Oh my God, I feel so bad. Anyway, let, we could talk about that all night. So you guys arrive, you go to Pop Century, you kick it off with some time at Disney Springs. You mentioned here you guys went to Haleo. I've never been to Haleo. Now this makes sense because, right, it's a Spanish restaurant, right? I mean, boom, this is yeah. like this is like me going to Taco Bell because that's my jam. That's where I live like three nights a week. But I've never been there and I'm dying to go here. This is the restaurant I, I just keep wanting to go to and I just keep missing for some reason. So give us, give us a little review of Haleo because you got some insight. Yeah. You should definitely try it. Um, my husband and I first tried it when we were there in October. But Jose Andres, who is, you know, the owner and the the creator behind Jaleo, he's he's a very he's a great man. You know, humanitarian. Yes. He does a lot of charity work, and so even just for that to support him. But Spanish food, I I could go on and on about Spanish food. I'll just tell you this: my husband and brother-in-law, anytime they go to Spain with us, because we were there this summer too for a wedding. They come back five, 10 pounds heavier. All they do is eat. I mean, that's all we do is eat anyway, but the food is just, Spanish food is, well, maybe I'm biased, but ask my husband too and, and my brother-in-law. You would love it. You you have to check it out. But but here, is, it's small plates though, right? I mean, that's the thing is, I, I think whenever I hear like small plates, I get nervous because I'm a, I'm a big dude with a big appetite. That's it is. Thing. It's tapas. Most okay. of the, well, they do have a full menu and you can order paella, which if you've heard of is, you know, the rice with, you can get seafood paella or chicken and chorizo, lots of different options. So there is hearty meals That's if you're really mean. hungry, Yeah. but maybe you want to check it out for like a late night, you know, like a nightcap or a drink, like have a sangria and some tapas just to kind of get a feel for it. The atmosphere is super fun. Yeah. We did go there once. The first time we went, it was kind of like an after dinner thing. So we had a, a few tapas and some sangria. Sounds like a plan for November. There you <laughs> go. You'll love it. Yes. Okay. All right. So now the first full day that you're there, which is kind of your second day because you arrive, Pop Century, a little Disney Springs time at Haleo. Then you go to Epcot for your first park day. Now see what you're doing here with your park, how you did your parks. I like you see what it. I did I, there, huh? Kind of, I like it. Because you could go one of two ways. You went you went way too, which I like. So you go to Epcot first. So tell us about the highlights from this day. Everybody's probably amped up and ready to get to a theme park, do some rides, see some shows. How's it go? Yeah. I figured for the first day, because uh, we didn't really need to rope drop necessarily to get to Epcot, um, we woke up kind of just on our own and we headed over there as soon as we were ready. What we did was in the morning, we did Soren. Well, um, I stayed with the kids and my parents and my sister and brother-in-law went on Soren. They loved it. And then we did things like living with the land and Nemo and friends. We had lunch in the Mexico pavilion. We had some margaritas. Yes. And then after we kind of did those slow 
move-in rides, we took a nice break for the middle of the day, which we did each day. I knew with small kids that was the way to go and it was the way to not burn everybody out. And, you know, even my parents need a little break. I mean, even I need a little oh, break. Same, you same. Really I mean, you keep me in a theme park all day. I'm grouchy by like seven. It ruins my night. Like I'm, I'm done by seven. Yeah. Yeah. So it was nice to go back to the room and either rest in the AC or hang out by the pool. So that's how we did that. And then afterward, that was the day that was my brother-in-law and sister's anniversary. So my parents and I and my husband kept the kids. We had dinner at Via Napoli and they kind of went off on their own and had their Disney date night for their anniversary. They had dinner at Chefs de France nice, and then saw the fireworks show. See, so it's a nice way for them to do their own thing. That is so cool when you have extended family to get to do something like that because, you know, the kids can go with. You know, aunts or uncles, grandma, grandpa, what have you, however the dynamic of the family's traveling. But, I mean, how cool is it that you would get to have a date night at a place like Walt Disney World? Because there's so many great opportunities to have awesome meals. Like I said, go to the fireworks together, you know, mm-hmm. go to Disney Springs, you know, see some entertainment, what, what have you. Well, That's and when idea. we were talking about the planning, I asked my sister, I said, where would you and John want to have your anniversary dinner? And she said to me, you know, it's been so long since I've been there. I trust your judgment. You helped me pick something. And I said, well, I can really see you guys enjoying having dinner in Epcot and then walking around World Showcase at night by yourselves without the kids just to really relax and enjoy. And so that's how we kind of came up with the Chefs de France. And luckily, I got a reservation, no problem. That's a good. Pl- I've eaten there twice, <laughs> both times on the 4th of July. You know, I don't know what it is. Oh. It's not really American, but... That's kind of where we've ended up. Uh, good, good place though. And I've, I've never gotten the French food. I think I got a steak both times. It's weird. Okay. Very strange. Oh, and then what I did was I pre-ordered one of those Mickey celebration cakes. So nice. that was a surprise from from us. So that came out, you know, like the little plate with the ears and just like as a little extra surprise for them. So the kids like Via Napoli. I'm sure about like that. I mean, it's it's really good pizza. I it's mean, you really guys good get pizza? pizza. Oh man. Yeah, and we that. had calamari because oh. my dad. We always order calamari. <laughs> It was delicious. Um, my niece fell asleep right before we got there, so she slept through the entire dinner. <laughs> so You know, there's something about Viet- my daughter Mallory has slept through an entire dinner at Viennapoli after my first marathon is dead on the table. I just remember, I remember like I just finished my first marathon dead on the table. Mallory slept the entire time with her head down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she missed the pizza. We saved her a piece and then she woke up right as we left. But Same. yeah, I had never been there Um we had been to Chefs de France and we ate in Le Cellier one time, but we'd never been to Viennapoli. I loved it. The pizza was delicious and the atmosphere was fun. The calamari was good. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. I love great. bringing all these things up this way. You know, hopefully people are getting ready to make ADRs and can consider these restaurants. All right. So uh, next day, you guys head over to Animal Kingdom. So highlights from Animal I bet you the kids really like Animal Kingdom. I mean, everybody probably liked it, but I think kids really are drawn to the animals and the whole theme of the park. For sure. I was so excited to go to Animal Kingdom with the kids. We did rope drop this one, so we got up very early. We left the resort by 645 in the morning. Wow. (laughs) And you have to take the bus, right, to get to Animal Kingdom. So we took the bus. But I didn't mention this before, but for the planning, I was the one that had the My Disney experience. So I just kept everybody on my account, and I made everybody's reservations and uh, lightning lane selections and everything. So while we were on the bus, I got on to see if I could get uh, Avatar Flight of Passage for my husband and me, my sister, brother-in-law, and my mom. I knew my dad would not have it. He's not into rides at all. 
like that. So luckily I was able to get it and we had it for around 11 o'clock in the morning. So what we did first was we rope dropped Everest and my parents stayed with the kids and we walked right through. We got right on. It was like seven in the morning or no, or whatever time the park opened. I think it opened at like eight. That's a good wake up call. I mean, it's better than a good cup of coffee. Yeah. Even my <laughs> sister was like, I can't believe I just rode a roller coaster and it's like before 9 a.m. <laughs> it was crazy. And then we saw the festival of the Lion King right after that, which started at 10. And again, I remember her saying to me, we've done so much and it's 1030 in the morning. Right. Getting like, up well, this early. This is one of the perks of getting up it early. It pays. Yeah. I, I tell Ricky that I've been telling Ricky this for a decade. <laughs> she's gonna learn now because she's gonna have a baby. She's gonna be she's gonna be up so early it's gonna be late because she's gonna be up from two two o'clock in the morning. But yeah, it's what yeah, getting up early pays off. It that buys you the time to go back and take it a nap does. or swim if you want. It saves you hours yes. because otherwise you're spending. You know, I say to my husband all the time, we're spending all this money to go. I don't want to spend my day waiting in line. No, and Ain't... he's the same way. I'm more of a morning. Um, morning bird anyway same well plus here's the other thing too and you are there in the summer is if you go at rope drop and i know not everybody can do it but i mean i'm a morning person so i try to get there close to rope drop at least like you're there when it's at least kind of pleasant like between eight and noon i mean in those theme parks between like noon and four it is just smoking hot like that's the time you really need to if you're gonna take a nap take a nap or swim or something but it's just you know it's just not very fun to be in the middle of fantasy land like three in the afternoon it's hot no, yeah, that's why you take that break in the middle of the day, and then you're refreshed to go in the afternoon. Yep. Okay, so so what else you guys get down there? Because you guys are at a good start there. You got Everest and uh, fans. Uh, yes, and then we did. So then we did the Avatar Flight of Passage, and my husband and I love that ride. We've actually waited in line for over two hours to get on this ride before they had the Fast Pass and the Lightning Lane. So we just knew how much we loved it, and I knew my sister, brother-in-law, and my mom would love it. And uh, when the ride was over, I just remember my mom being like, oh, my God, that was it. It's over. She just wanted it to keep going. <laughs> but we loved it. Um, so then what we did was we had a reservation for Sanaa. And it was at a weird time. I had to get it when I could mm-hmm. for a party of eight. It was not easy. So it was at 2.50 in the afternoon. So what we did was we, we had a really early lunch at Satuli Canteen, which was one of our favorite places yes, to go. My favorite. Love that yeah. place. You talk about it a oh. lot. Yeah, we love it a lot too. Um, so then we did that. We had like a quick lunch. And then we waited in line for about an hour for Navi River Journey to take my niece. And my sister went with the baby because he was falling asleep. So he couldn't go on the ride anyway. And then we went to Sana for around three o'clock. And we had a very early dinner or a second lunch, I guess. So, and that happens a lot. This is this is a great tip actually to bring up. I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of folks, you know, when you're when you're laying out your plan six months ahead of time, you know, you're planning for breakfast to be, you know, right at eight o'clock in the morning, and you know, lunch is going to be at noon, and dinner is going to be at six thirty, and then you know, sixty days out, you're making your ADRs, and oh my gosh, you know, I can only get my favorite restaurant, like you said, like at two thirty. Or something yeah. like that. I mean, 2.30 is a terrible time. like Because that's like, you know, almost too late for lunch, but it's way too early for dinner. But you you kind of worked around that. Maybe, you know, had a little quick bite for breakfast and then had kind of a way early lunch. And maybe had that super early dinner and maybe a snack later in the night gave you that opportunity. So how did you work that day? Because I've been in that situation too, and that's what we've done. We've just like, instead of doing three big meals or three, you know, three regular meals that day, you kind of snack and two meals 
You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, in baseball, instead of playing like three outfielders, you have like a left center and a right center. You know, you'd have like a kind of like a lunch, like a breakfast, like a brunch there and kind of like a liner, you know, and that was it. And then kind of supplement it with snacks. Because when you're at Walt Disney World, snacks everywhere. I mean, you're not going to go hungry. So it's an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And because we got to the park so early, we just kind of did a grab and go breakfast at Pop Century. We grabbed a bagel or something, you know, one of the, I don't know, a croissant or something. And then we had the very early lunch at Satuli. The only unfortunate thing was by the time we got to Sanaa, some of us were still kind of full from Satuli Canteen. But we had the bread service, which was great because everybody could kind of pick at that. And then we ordered a couple meals to share. So it ended up working out really well. And then Animal Kingdom was the one park I figured we didn't really have to see at night necessarily because there's not really, you know, the firework shows or anything. So that's the day we went back to Pop. And we went swimming yeah. kind of later in the day. And then for dinner, we just grabbed something quick at the food court. Which is fun. I think a lot of folks stay at Pop Century and never have a meal actually at Everything Pop at the food court. It's awesome there. I mean, we ate there a couple times. Same. Me too. I, I like it. You know, not because I always get like a grab and go breakfast, but I like, you know, I'll find myself there at dinner time and I'm always happy. They got plenty of yeah. stuff and it's fun. And the, even the shopping, everything was awesome yeah, there. I'll, the food and the shopping area that yeah. they have I, I thought it was great great shadow boxes are awesome there in the lobby if you, you, you gotta check those before you leave you gotta check out the shadow boxes if you're staying there very cool oh all, like all the decorations they have were so you could be there all day just looking at all the right. stuff they have on the walls very cool okay so the next day you guys headed over to hollywood studios so highlights of the day over at the studios so the highlights one of well the disappointment of the day was mickey and minnie's was closed all day and we got there for rope drop again because that was the ride we went right to because i figured okay let's rope drop that because we all can go on it including my dad and the kids and then the four of us who want to do rise i'll try to get a lightning lane for that one which i was able to uh for 12 30 or so so we rope dropped got there right when it opened went right to mickey and minnie's and it was shut down and then it never reopened for the whole day that's unusual. So that, that was that like ride, such a bummer. Yeah, and that ride's usually not down very often. Like that's, uh, then it was down the entire day. That's really unusual. And happened. you know, when I was thinking about the trip in my head, that was the one ride I kept visualizing. Oh, oh everybody's going to love it. My my niece, she loves Daisy Duck. And you know the part where she's, she does a little dance. I'm like, yeah. oh, she's going to oh, love yeah. this. And then, yeah, the cha-cha. It was such a bummer. I mean, I can't complain too much because we really did a lot but that does that, stink, was, though, the, that was a yeah. bummer you're right though that's one of those rides that i mean it's totally disney right it's a, it's a slow ride but it's got it's got the character i mean it's got mickey mouse and minnie mouse in it you know you don't even get that when you think about going to walt disney world you just don't get rides with mickey and minnie in them and you get that there you get the catchy music everybody's laughing you know the wind's blowing your the hat off your head it's yeah, it's a shame. And I knew it was something fun. my dad would yeah. like because yeah. he's not a big ride guy. So I was like, oh, that's the one he's going to love. And then, but anyway, something for a, ne- a future trip. We just True. have to think positive about it. True. So what did you Next guys just spend some time in to- uh, Toy Story Land, I'd imagine? We did go to, to- we did Toy Story Mania. I'd never done that one before. So that was really fun. And that one we all got to ride. Um, who and then who we, won? Did, did you win? Your husband? Your, your my mom? husband did what he beat me, but not by too much. <laughs> and then my sister, poor thing, came in last, but she's holding the baby. So no, everything she's yeah, doing okay. is one handed. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah, everybody has to, then everybody should have to tie one hand behind his or her back and then make mm-hmm. it fair. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I, I was a pretty good, uh, it was pretty good. Um, it was close. It was a close match. That's good. That's good. So then uh, we did Tower of Terror. We did wait for that one. 
my husband and I and my sister and brother-in-law. And then we saw the Frozen sing-along. And that's when my niece, she became obsessed with Elsa. So if you come over our house or my sister's house, it's all Elsa all the time. It's Frozen is on constantly. As soon as it's over, she just restarts it. All she wants to wear are these Elsa dresses that we found in Walmart. And that was the start of her obsession. But, but it, it was a very cute show. I that, liked it a lot too. I I know it's crazy because I'm you know I'm like a almost fifty year old dude, and I that show just kind of brings it all together. You see, you know, I mean, you definitely see the little kids just totally getting into it, but you see like the dads like my age just belted it out, and the snow comes down, everybody freaks out, and the actresses and actors on stage are amazing. I, that show well, just, even it just brings the jokes. It. And yeah, did, the jokes. I know you say you're not much of a movie guy, but if you ever sit down and watch a Disney movie animated or not, most of the jokes go over the kids' heads. Right. Like they're mostly geared for adults, and you you pick up on these things and you start cracking up. And that's exactly how the show was. It yeah. was very funny. And then just the animation and the way they had the technology where they had the snowflakes and everything on the walls and on the ceilings. It was very entertaining. I was very entertained the entire time. Yeah, that is a not miss. And I think a lot of people just say, ah, it's a Frozen show. You know, uh, big deal. Yeah, no, don't miss that show. That show is definitely, you got to make it, you got to work your schedule because it's only at certain times. Got to work your schedule to see that show. You it was, will not it be was disappointed. Worth it. Okay, so, so you guys got to do Rise, though. You had a lightning lane. We did. Uh, so, so we did Rise. Uh, first, we had lunch at Mama Melrose. And that was actually ended up being one of our favorite meals, just because in general, the 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 waitress spoke Spanish, which for my dad is like such a big deal because he speaks mostly Spanish after even after living in the U.S. all these years. It's anytime he finds anybody who speaks Spanish, they're like his new best friend. Um, and she was very nice. She's very sweet. And the food was really good. Well, what, um, what are so the we chances? Really nice... What are the chances you get a Spanish-speaking waitress yeah, in, an in an Italian, Italian restaurant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it was awesome, and the food was great. The kids loved it. It was just an overall. You know, sometimes you think about the restaurants, and the food is not necessarily your favorite. But we all love Italian, so there was just not one thing that we didn't like about this meal. Everything was just really, really special. And then we ended up doing rides right after that. The four of us. So now you guys, big Star Wars fans, or just casual, or? I tried watching Star Wars. It is not my thing, but my husband, crazy Star Wars fan. He loves it. So what what was what did everybody think about the experience with coming from different perspectives? My so I don't know if this will be an unpopular opinion, but my husband said and I think it's just because so many people talk it up so much that maybe his expectations were way up right. here. You're right, you're right. And so for him cuz we had already gone it one other time, he liked it and he I mean there's no denying it's like a much it's so immersive and it's another level of attraction really. But I think it was just people talked it up so much that you almost expect it to be this like out of world experience. But it was fun. And even not really knowing much about Star Wars, it's still it's very thrilling. And you don't really you you're like constantly looking around. You don't know where to look. And there's things coming at you from all directions. And my sister is not a Star Wars fan either, but she really liked the ride, too. I mean, it's fun. It's very fun. It's thrilling. Yeah, and it's 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 a longer attraction. It's got different aspects to it. You can definitely see you're moving from this kind of an experience to a totally different type of an experience. Yeah. You're right. I mean, but I mean, it, you you nailed uh you nailed it right there with it, the hype is so it's kind of died down obviously over the last year or so. But I mean, those first like the year or so that it came out, the first eighteen months. I mean, it would be hard for anything to live up to what people were saying. It was just crazy. 
Well, I think that's what it was. It's not that he didn't enjoy it. I think it was just the expectation was so high that it was almost like, hmm, okay, that was, I can see the hype, but maybe it wasn't quite what I was expecting or, but we've been on it twice now and I did pay for a lightning lane. So I think that speaks for itself that I, we did, we do really like the ride. You're more than me. I don't pay for, I haven't paid for a lightning lane yet. I will someday, maybe, maybe. I figured, you know what? I'm a cheapie. Because my sister and brother-in-law haven't done it. Let's yeah. just pay for it. It's better than having to wait. Because at that point of, in the day, it would have been a two-hour oh, wait, yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm like, I'd, I'd much rather pay and just do it. And if I was with somebody, I'm always with Scott's family. And Scott's always in the same boat as me. Like, we've done everything, you know, that we've pretty much ever wanted to do a million times at this point. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we'll just go find something else. We'll go get a snack. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. there's no line to get a, you know, a Mickey bar right now. Let's just go do that instead and sit on it, you know, right, sit, right. sit around. So, okay. So give us uh, how the rest of the day go with the studios. So then the rest of the day, we ended up leaving the studios at right after uh, Star Wars. And just cause we, we really wanted to do Mickey and Minnie's. And at that point we knew it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen for us. And it was time to go back to the resort and kind of take a break anyway. So then we decided instead of going back to the studios, we ended up going back to Disney Springs because everybody kind of wanted to do that and do maybe a little shopping and walking around. And I looked on the app to see what reservations were available for dinner. I ended up getting a reservation at Paradiso 37, which we had never tried before. And that ended up being really fun. And it just yes. it was a nice way to kind of unwind for the night instead of going on more rides and more rides. It was fun to go back to Disney Springs. I went to that restaurant about two years ago. We were down there for Summit for cheerleading championships. I joked about it because I kept saying for like a year, this was the reservation I've been wanting to do my whole life because that one is always available. Like, I mean, there could be no ADR available on property, like a New Year's Eve or something, but there'll be 17 availability, available reservations at Paradiso 37. And I've walked past it at Disney Springs and even back in the old downtown Disney days. It's always been there. And the menu, you know, says like American, you know, so I'm like, well, my family doesn't, we're not super adventurous. That's got to be my jam. And we went there too. And it was fun. It was fun. I, we actually really, really liked the food a lot. But it's just yeah. one of those things nobody ever talks about it. It's like the invisible restaurant at Disney Springs. Like you said it, I'm like, I haven't even heard those words uttered since I went there probably in 2021, uh, maybe 2019. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. But like I said, I just was looking on the app to see, well, what's available for dinner? Otherwise, we'll just grab some, you know, quick service somewhere. Yeah. And that one came up. So I checked out the menu and they had tacos and, you know, there was stuff on there that my dad would like. So I was like, yeah. well, let's go here. And we ended up really liking it. My sister and I both had the drinks were this tall. I yeah, mean, they were the super, drinks it was were crazy the, there. Yeah, it was like a margarita sangria slushy thing, and it was amazing. So, yes. so we ended up really enjoying our time there. <laughs> I'm glad you threw that out there because we haven't talked about it lately. And you can always get an ADR there. So if you're looking for somewhere to eat at Disney Springs, Paradiso 37, good choice. Yeah. It's got, oh, and, and they Maddie's had like live huge. music. Yeah, there was a guy did, yeah. playing the piano was, or the keyboard singing. Yeah. It was very, it was, we it was had fun. A, we had a DJ right behind us because we were sitting outside. <laughs> Like this guy set okay. up right behind us with the, you know, the here, here comes the MacBook and he's DJing. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this yeah, is, yeah, this I would fun. recommend it. It was a fun place. The food was good. The drinks were good. So why not? All right, all right, good stuff, man. I'm missing Disney Springs now. Okay, so your your last day, the full day in the parks, though. Obviously, you saved the Magic Kingdom. Saved. I did. I would assume the yeah. best for last. We did. That's why we did it this way. We figured with the little kids, I couldn't imagine taking them to Magic Kingdom and then not going back. So I thought we had to end with a bang, call, end yeah. with a literal bang with the fireworks and with 
the what I thought the best park for them. So we did the full day at Magic Kingdom on our last full day there. So what was uh, arrival like there, especially for the kids with, you know, getting to finally see the castle going down Main Street? Because that's, you know, I, I would think that's more associated with the Disney experience for everybody than any of these other, you know, arrivals and experiences at the other three parks. Of course, when you think of Disney, you think of the castle. So whenever I would talk to my niece, who's just turning three now, so at the time she was just two, and I would ask her, you know, who are we going to see when we go to Disney? And she'd always say the castle and the princesses. So once we walked down Main Street, my husband made sure to get a photo of her expression when she first saw nice. the castle. So we have this really cool picture of me holding her and just her her face, the way her smile just took over her face when she saw the, cause that castle is huge. Oh yeah. Even from the end of main street, it's, it's huge. And her eyes just lit up and it was, it was really, really special. And just to have that in a photo now to look back on. That was smart to be ready for that picture. That's a good tip too. You know, when yeah. you're taking folks that are, you know, you've been there, but they haven't be ready to, to document those, those first experiences, those first impressions. That's a good, good call. Yeah, and we got there right for rope drop again. So at the at the opening of the park or at the beginning of the day, they have that really quick little show at the castle with all mm -hmm. the characters and they sing. So we were able to watch that. Um, that's kind of how we got the day started. And this was the only day that I purchased Genie Plus for all of us because I figured there's so many attractions that we can all ride. This would be the day that would make the most sense to pay that extra money to have Genie Plus available so I could just pick and choose well, what's available now and what's available next. So let and me it ask, worked out really well. Okay, I was going to ask you. So did you find it hard to use, simple to use? And did you feel like you got your money's worth out of it at the Magic Kingdom? I found it easy to use just because I was the one that had everybody on my, on my account. I think I'm not really sure how people do it when they have multiple accounts with a big group of people. But because we were all in the same place it was really easy to pick whatever attractions were available. And we ended up doing a bunch. So we did, let's see, we did Dumbo. Um, and then we did Under the Sea with the Little Mermaid. We did It's a Small World. We did the Carousel, Haunted Mansion. People Mover was actually a walk-on. So we didn't even need uh, Genie Plus for that one. This was like one right after the other and we really didn't have to wait. So it was definitely worth the money for the day to do it. And the kids were free. So really you're only paying for the six adults. True. So did you guys, you guys kind of took that strategy of just looking for what is kind of the next immediately available attraction. Let's get it. Let's just go with that rather than mm -hmm. like kind of waiting out for like, okay, we have to do Peter Pan next. Okay. We got to yeah. wait till two o'clock. So that's what we did it. That's what we did at Disneyland when we had a genie plus out there. We just kept just taking whatever was next up. And I mean, we just went from ride to ride to ride mm -hmm. to ride. I mean, we got so much done, but I mean, I get it. It's kind of a quantity or a quality thing, but we still, I mean, what we did was we just kept going, going, going. And then we just like jump in and, you know, we needed a break. Cause honestly we were going so like from ride to ride so fast, we wanted to stand in line every once in a while for like a more major attraction just to kind of stop. Because we were like just walking on things so so much. Well, we kind of figured that Magic Kingdom was the day for the kids. And again, my dad, this is the kind of this is right up his alley. He's not a big thrill ride kind of guy anyway. And the kids don't know the difference if we're going on Peter Pan or if we're going on it's a small <laughs> yeah, world. So I that's that was my strategy was just how many things can we do before lunch, before our break for the day. Um, and we ended up doing a lot of the ones that I was hoping to do. We did Pirates of the Caribbean. I'd never done that one. And that one was fun. 
I really wanted to do It's a Small World and my niece loved Dumbo. So it ended it really did. It worked out really well. We got to do pretty much everything we wanted. Very cool. So what what were what was probably your the kids maybe favorite ride? Like talking to them. What did they like the best? Dumbo ended up being her favorite Good of call. all of them. She Classic. loved it. We ended up going on it again when we came back in the afternoon. And that's the one she would talk about after we left. Dumbo ride, Dumbo ride. That's a good ride. I mean, it's, uh, it's that's fun. a classic. That's good. That's good stuff. All right. So you guys you guys took a break there for lunch or how'd, how'd that go? We, like did. we had lunch at Casey's Corner. I did some mobile ordering for that. Um, oh, it was packed. So luckily we found a table outside there and it was so hot that day. I remember that was probably the hottest day. But I did the mobile ordering. Um, so it was really no issue. We got our food and we got a table pretty quickly. So we had lunch and then we headed back to the hotel to pop, um, take a little break. And then we went back to Magic Kingdom in the afternoon around three or four ish. I think it was. Tell, tell me, please. Somebody got corn dog nuggets. Uh, at oh, yeah. That's okay. what I, I always get those. And I got the mint julep lemonade, too. <laughs> so yeah, good. Okay, good stuff, because I have not had corn dog nuggets from Casey's in a long time. And oh, I mean, so that's my go-to. When I like sit there and watch a parade or something, it's got to have little corn dog nuggets. I'll dip them in cheese. Oh man! Well, the funny thing is, sometimes you think about fine dining and all these restaurants that have this amazing food, but then when you leave Disney, that's the kind of stuff I'm you're saying. thinking about. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking about the Casey's Corner. <laughs> I know, food. same, 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 same. Yeah, I'd rather have that than like a steak from the Cellier tonight. I just give me some nuggets. Yeah, you know, corn dog I'm nuggets. right with you. All right, so you took that smart hot day midday break. You come back, okay? So you're coming back. The one child wants to do Dumbo again. You took care of that. So how's the evening unfold at the Magic Kingdom? So I will say one of, you know, if I had to give any advice to somebody planning a trip is that you can do, because I'm a planner and you can plan and you can plan, but then sometimes things just happen spontaneously and things happen that you're not planning on or hoping for. And it just happened to be that when we got back to the park, it was like, I don't know if it was four o'clock or so, but it was right when the cavalcades were coming down main street and the look again the look on my niece's face when she saw the, these big cars coming down main street with mickey and minnie singing and dancing and then chip and dale blew her a kiss oh look out my mom <laughs> she just started crying because she it just touched her heart and then That's my sister's crying yes. i'm like oh my god and i was we didn't plan on that happening i didn't plan on being there when the cavalcade came down the street but again it's just something that happens and sometimes that's what ends up making the most special memories and how cool is that though that it's your last like park day you know it, it, that, exactly. that really kind of seals the deal with the trip it really did and my niece had her little beauty and the beast dress on that night you know the yellow like the classic famous mm -hmm. beauty uh, dress the yellow one that she wears in the ballroom and so my husband, he's like, I got to get her a tiara. So he ran into one of those stores there and he was buying her the tiara. So he missed the cavalcade. Oh. And then I'm telling him about it. Like it was the most amazing thing because it was just so emotional and it's not something we were expecting to happen. And it ended up being, like I said, one of the most special memories of the whole trip. Tell your husband, no good deed goes unpunished. You know, he goes to get her a tiara and misses out on this great moment. That just, oh. So I bad. know. So bad. And I caught it on video a little bit, but I didn't catch the part where he blew her the kiss. It was either Chip or Dale, one of them. But I, I did get my mom's expression when she saw it. So I do have it on video so I can watch it back. But but no, really, it was it was so special. Good stuff. Okay, so we're just about out of time, but I'll make sure we get this in. So you're wrapping up the, the day there at the Magic. It's, it's always that bittersweet, you know, last few hours. It's getting to be night. You know the trip's coming to an end. 
How did you guys kind of rally and savor those last few hours in the park? Well, that was the night we did the fireworks dessert party. We really splurged on that, but it was my husband's birthday the next day. And he's like, this is what I want for my birthday. I want our family to do the fireworks dessert party because we've watched the fireworks before when it's just so crowded that it was really worth it to have a nice relaxing experience before we sat down, had some drinks, some desserts. And then we got to watch the fireworks in a more private area with less congestion. And we could, we had a nice view of the fireworks and that's how we ended the night was watching uh, Disney enchantment. Good stuff. So, and you got, you mentioned in your notes, cause you sent me some brief notes to kind of guide the conversation today. And I love mm-hmm. this cause I think everybody, this is kind of the highlight of their trip, but it's never really spoken in the notes that I get from guests many times is that it was just so great to spend that special time with your family that you got to be together. It's such a great place. I mean, is that kind of what you took away when you, when you guys headed back to Connecticut was that you guys got to be together for these special, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, and just got to make these memories together. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. The next morning we had breakfast at chef Mickey's my husband's birthday. And then on the way back, my sister, my husband, or my sister's husband, they both said to us, we're going to be a Disney family now. We just loved it. <laughs> my dad even got emotional and almost cried. And he just said, thank you so much for organizing this for us because I'll never forget this trip. I'll never forget it. And people talk a lot. And I know you guys talk about this a lot. Well, why would you go on a trip with a baby and a two-year-old? They're never going to remember. But you know what? My dad's going to remember this. Yes. I'm going to remember this. And that's really what matters. That's 100% you have to live true. in the moment. You know, you can't be like, oh, we'll go when they're seven or eight. No. Well, sure, if you can go again, but if you can go now, then you have to take advantage of the now. That's exactly true. That is so well-spoken. So you guys have anything on the, you know, wish stages or do you have anything on the books like coming up for maybe the next year or two? Nothing official. We tend to kind of plan our trips not super far in advance just because for many reasons, there's not, we're not always able to plan a year or two yeah, out. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of Disney dreams and something we'd love to do is do a Disney cruise. We've never cruised oh my and gosh. I hear you guys talk about the wish and I mean, I've never even been on a Disney cruise at all. So any Disney cruise would be amazing. I'd love just, to do that. Someday. Let me just tell you, if you're a fan of the parks, you would love the ships, but I'm telling you what, you get on that thing for 15 minutes and you're hooked. You think, you think you get hooked at Walt Disney World fast? Oh my gosh. Cause I always tell, you know, guests that are looking at cruising, it's like staying at a deluxe Walt Disney World Resort. It's like eating at signature restaurants and you get a mate, you get like the best Disney service, like everywhere on the ship. It is just, you are spoiled. <laughs> so I'm just That's saying, like, what I've heard. It's amazing, I've heard that. So be careful. You're not going to turn back once you start doing it. Because like I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll do one cruise, you know, and here I am platinum, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. <laughs> Even people who are kind of avid cruise goers, they say once they do a Disney cruise, they just realize the amount of detail, you know, the detail that Disney puts into everything. It doesn't go unnoticed and it's just, it makes it that much more. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just an experience. And folks like us, like we see it, like, you know, if you weren't a Disney fan, you might walk past something and not notice that kind of detail. But if you're a Disney fan, like you, I mean, it's like, you know, you probably see the same thing. Like you see, like, you know, it starts raining and you look down the ground, eh, it's a hidden Mickey. No, yeah. Actually, it's, it's just a splatter of water you know, on the ground, but you know, we, we see things, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, even in, like on Living with the Land, we just love to look around and look for all the, because they're there, they're everywhere. And we always end up seeing a new one. That's what I'm talking about. Fun, <laughs> exactly. Fun nice. Okay. Hey, well, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. And I know you're an educator, so I wish you the best of luck this year and uh, 
again, with all of our teachers, thank you for being in those classrooms because the kids need you now more than ever. So uh, have a great year. Yes, thank you so much. This was fun. All right. Don't forget today's show brought to you by The Magic for Less Travel. Check them out for all of your Disney trip planning needs. Whether you're headed to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney, we'll take great care of you from the time you fill out that free, no-obligation quote form over at The Magic for Less. Dot com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. That one extra click really does help us out. It's BeOurGuestPodcast.com slash Amazon. And please support the show on Patreon. Thank you to all of our patrons over there at Patreon.com slash BeOurGuestPodcast. You guys allow us to put the show out three to four times a week all around the world. And our patrons get that bonus show called Mike in the Midwest every week. If you'd like to join us, please come on over. Patreon.com slash BeOurGuestPodcast. You can give me a follow on the social media this week. I'd love to talk to you at Be Our Guest Mike on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, join Scotty G and myself this Sunday night as we take your calls and talk Disney with you on Facebook and YouTube Live. That'll be Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. We're going to be waiting for your call. All right, so we're going to get out of here and let you get on with your Monday and make this an awesome week. So for Diana, I'm Mike, wishing you a great Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you real soon. You've been listening to the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website at BeOurGuestPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.